Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Okay, we're moving on with our second installment of weekly Daf Yoimi reviews. We're starting with our second one, which begins with Daf Hey and will extend through Daf Yid Aleph and Maseches Kedushin, um, which is today's Daf that we learned today on Thursday. So let's begin with Daf Hey. We're going to have today uh, 22 points to discuss, beginning with the top of Daf Hey Omer Aleph. Uh, in my notes, it's from note number 10 through note number 32, 22 different points beginning with Tafhei Amud Aleph. Let's begin. And the first point discusses the source for Kedush Eshtar, the very top of Hamad Aleph. Gemara explains that the way we know that you can marry a woman with a document is through the Hekish of Yatzav Ahaisa, we compare marriage and divorce, just as you can be divorced with a document, you could also be married with a document. However, you cannot make the Hekish in the opposite direction to imply that just as you can be married with money, you can be divorced with money, either as Abaye says, because you can't make the defender, the prosecutor, i.e. the same money that can be used for Kedushin, can't also be used for Gitin, for divorce, it's just illogical. Or as Rava says, the Torah says, Vikasavla. In talking about divorce, it has to be through the means of a document, specifically excluding can't be using money to divorce a woman. Rabbi Yisak Lili used the Kasavla in Maseches Gittin for an alternative drasha that you can't write a get on animals or food. So he would know in, within Rava's answer that you can't be divorced with money because the, the Torah says, say for Krisus, which we derive means, say for Corsa, only a document can divorce her, not money. Now there are Banan who don't need, say for Krisus for that purpose because they learn from the Kasav Law, as Rava explained, that you can't be divorced with money. So what do they learn from, say for Krisus? They use it to teach us that there has to be a total severance without any permanent condition that binds the husband to the wife in order for a get to be effective. And Rav Yisraelili can learn that halacha as well from, say for Krisus, because it could have said, say, for kares, and instead it says, say, for krisis, so there's two drushes inherent in that word. Let's move on to point number 11, the second point of the day. We said earlier, uh, back on Davdalad and Dafhei, that we can't derive one of these three kinyanim from the other by simple comparisons. What the Gemara tries to show now is, maybe you'd be able to derive one of these three kinyanim, Kesef, Shtar, and Bia, from a memotzina between two of the others. And therefore, you shouldn't need a Pasuk for all three. So the Gemara explains the reason that's impossible is because if you only had Kesef and Bia in the Torah, those work for Kedushin, you'd say those are Hanas and Merubah, they have a lot of pleasure. Shtar doesn't, so therefore you need Shtar to be written also via and now, if you only had Kesef and Shtar, so you'd say Kesef and Shtar have many usages and applications, like purchasing land, slaves, and uh, as opposed to Bia, so therefore we need Bia to be written before Ish as well. If you only had Shtar and Bia, we'd say that those are Balkarcha in the context of Ishus, because Shtar is used for divorce and Bia is for Yibum. As opposed to, when it comes to Kesef, there isn't in the Balkarcha of Ishus, and therefore you wouldn't derive it from those two. That's why we need Psukim for each of these three. Turning now to Hayam and Beis, we have Rav Huna, who holds that Chuppah is effective for Kedushin. So the Gemara explains, how does Rav Huna know that Chuppah is effective for Kedushin? It's a Kalvachoymer from Kesef. Kesef doesn't have the ability to finalize a marriage. It can't create Nesuin, but it does create a Kedushin. So, Chuppah, which finalizes, certainly it could create a Kedushin. 
the Kalvachaimer was challenged, and eventually it's supported by a three-way Mamatzinu from Kesef, Shtar, and Bia. Just as those three work elsewhere, and they also work for Kedushin, Chuppah, which works for Nesuin, can also work for Kedushin. So it's a Kalvachaimer from Kesef bolstered by a Mamatzinu between these three. And Ravuna is not bothered by a Pircha of saying that they're all Balkarcha, because as we explained above, Kesef is not Balkarcha relating to Ishus, so therefore it's not actually a Mamatzinu that would make a commonality of those three, unlike Chuppah, and you could make this comparison. Now Rava challenges Ravuna with two questions. He says, first of all, the Mishnah says three Kinyanim and not four, and secondly, Chuppah requires Kesef beforehand, so how can you derive that Kesef is effective for Kedushin, which doesn't require Kesef beforehand, and derive from that the Chuppah, which does require Kesef beforehand. Nabai resolves it, he reinstates it within the Kalvachomer, and thus uh, eval- values Rav Huna's uh, Shita to say Chuppah is effective Mikalvachomer. Moving on to the next point now. The Gemara now discusses, we have contradictory implications in a Brisa between the Reisha and the Seifa in the scenario of Nasan Huva Amrahi. So really, Meker Adin, you need the husband to give the money and say Harat Mekudash If she does those two things, it's not effective. The contradiction between the Reisha and the Seifa is a scenario where he gives the money and she says, um, I'll be married to you. So now, the Gemara explains two ways of understanding what the Allah would be in this case based on the contradiction. Either it wouldn't be effective and then the diuk of the Reisha is in fact the Allah of the Seifa, or it's a suffix and therefore you need to get Midrabanan, Misafik, which is going to require a rabbinic get. We're holding now towards the bottom of Hayamud base. Okay, Shmuel <coughs> says, a language, there's a beginning and end of Shmuel's statement where he says, uh, first he says, in order to marry a woman, and he leaves out the word li. You give the, the Kedushin, Hariyat Mekudeshes, Hariyat Meureses, he doesn't write the word li. But if he says, I am your husband, it's not Mekudeshes. And we'll see that's actually the Chiddush. Similarly, by Gitin, really we'll discuss this more later, Gitin also, he has to send her away versus divorcing himself of her any Isheikh. So the Gemara says the fact that Shmuel leaves out the word li implies that even though it's a yadayim she'enon mechichas, it's not clear, it's still considered effective. Yet, Shmuel Meseches Nazar seems to hold the only way it would be effective when you said aha is if there's a Nazar that's passing in front of you for you also to be a Nazir. So it seems like he holds yadayim she'enon mechichas loy havin yadayim. So the Gemara answers, really over here it is where you said li. The necessity, because you need Yadayim Mechichas, like Shmuel says in Meseches Nazir. However, then what's the Chiddush of Shmuel? Turning now to Vav Moralef, the Chiddush is the ends of the beginning and end statements of Shmuel, which is, you can't marry yourself to her by saying, Hareni Isheikh, or divorce yourself from her by saying, Aini Isheikh. It has to be marrying her to you and divorcing her from you. Okay, moving on now, because because the Pasuk says, Ki Yikach, and also says, Vashil Chami Beisot. Moving on now to the next point, point number 15. The Gemara goes through a series of languages that are effective for Kedushin, not effective for Kedushin, questionable. So the six languages that are effective, like Mekudeshes, Meoreses, classic languages of Kedushin that certainly refer to marriage. There's nine languages that are left unclear if he's referring to marriage or work, like let's say, Mu'edesli, uh, Mu'chedesli. These are languages could refer to marriage or not. Now, Lekuchasi was the tenth one, but that's resolved. It comes from Kiyikach Yeshisha. It would be effective for Kedushin. Charufasi, and the Gemara concludes, would be effective in Yehuda because they used that language to refer to an Arusa. But elsewhere, since they understood that the Parsha of Shifcha Charufa is referring to a full Shifcha where Kedushin is not impactful, it's not a language of Kedushin. The Gemara explains that the nine languages that we left as a Shila above 
They were a case where a person was talking with a woman about Kedushin, and then he said this language. Now, if he would have just been quiet and gave her the Kedushin, it would be effective, as we're about to learn. Rabbi Yossi says, Dayo, that would be sufficient, even if he was quiet, because clearly your intent is for Kedushin. But now that you said one of these languages that perhaps implies Malacha, you want to hire her for work, that's not clear if it's going to be effective or not. And the Gemara leaves off Teku on these Shilas. Moving on to 16 now, point 16. And this is that Mishnah and Maeser Sheni that we just referenced above. We have a machlaikis in the Mishnah and Maeser Sheni. It says, if a man was discussing with a woman, Kedushin or Gitin, and then he gave her Kedushin or Gitin without saying anything. Rabbi Yossi says, that's sufficient. Your intent is clear. Rabbi Yossi says, there needs to be an explanation at the time of the giving. Now, there's machlaikis tanoim within this machlaikis tanoim. When Rabbi Yossi says it's sufficient, it must be where you're talking about Kedush until the time of the giving. However, the other shita says, even if you were discussing the Indian Indian related topics to Kedushin, like say in Adunya, and then you gave it to her, that would also be considered effective. Funar Mashwil says we paskin like Rav, Rav Yossi. And the Gemara says someone who doesn't know this psak that we paskin like Rav Yossi is included in those who should not be involved in Gitin and Kedushin because you could create Mamzerus. Turning now to Vavamud Bey's point number 17. What are effective or not effective languages of divorce and Shechuri uh, Avadim, emancipation of slaves? So the Gemara says clearly there's two languages. If you say Hareat Baschorin to a wife to divorce her, it's not effective. Or if you say to free a slave, Hareat Mutaris Adam, also it's not impactful. Now, if he divorces a woman with saying, Hareat Latzmech, the Gemara says a Kalvachimer from freeing a slave, that it should be effective for divorce. If he frees his slave with Ainli Esek Bach, the Gemara also proves that would be an effective language because that's actually the Ono that if a master writes to his slave before selling him to a Goy, would no longer require him to give us another get Shechor after he redeems him because he's Mechayev too as he sold him to a guy, and there's a knas chacham for him to redeem him. Moving on now to the 18th point. Kedushin with a loan, and Matalmanas Lahach Sarabai says, it would be ineffective to be married with a loan, meaning he lent money, and then he said, I'll marry with the money I lent you three days ago, because you're not giving anything now at the time of Kedushin. And the Torah says, Kicha, Kicha, there has to be a benefit, a financial benefit at the time of Kedushin now. But it would be effective if there's the Hana of the loan's extension, which means that he said, marry me... <laughs> with the money that you would have paid me or someone else to extend the loan that you owe me. Now this would be an evasion of Ribis, which is Asmid Rabbanan, but it would still be effective Kedushin because you're marrying her with some Hanah at the time of Kedushin. Rava, with the clarification, explains really Matan al-Minas Lahachsir is generally effective. Besides for the case of Kedushin, as it's likened to Chalipin, that you're not giving anything significant at the time of the Kedushin. Turning now to Zion Amud Aleph in point 19. The Gemara tells us now, Kedushin and purchases utilizing a new principles of Arev and Evid Kenani. And there's four cases. So Rav says like this, case number one, marrying with the principle of an Arev. So where she tells a person, a man, give money to Ploni and I'll be married to you. So she's not receiving the money herself, just like an Arev doesn't receive benefit, yet he guarantees himself to pay the loan should the borrower not. Here too, which the way the Ritva learns is because she's listening to him and there's a Hanan inherent in that, even though she's not receiving the money, the Kedushin would also be effective. Kedushin based on Evet Kanani would be where he tells her, take money and be married to Ploni to somebody else. So just as in Evet Kanani, he doesn't pay money himself. Someone else pays for him and then he goes free. Similarly here, he says, even though the other fellow is not giving her the money directly, the person can give her money or even give her money and she'll be married to Shimon. 
and that'll be effective. The third case is a combination. She tells a man, give money to Ploni and I'll be married to him. Utilizing both principles of Ariv and Evakirani, the condition will be effective. The fourth case, which the Gemara asks as a Shaila, is what if she gives him money? The woman gives the man money and she says, she wants to be married to him. Now, in all these cases, he would have to turn back and say, Aret Makodeshesli. But the Gemara Paskin, there is a Kedushin. It's not through Kenyan Agav as we originally understood, because that would be acquiring Mitaltalin in order to acquire Karka, which doesn't work. But rather, it's the Adam Chashuv principle, because there's a Hana that she's receiving in the fact that he's accepting her gift and he doesn't usually accept gifts. The Gemara says, Rav applies the same principles, the three cases of Arev, Evid Kenani, and the Kambo. The purchasing fields, and it explains why we need both. Because regarding marriage, there's a principle of Tavlames of Tandu Milames of Armalu. She'd rather just be married than be single. So maybe that's why it's effective there when she doesn't receive direct Hana like usual, but not necessarily by buying fields. And by buying fields, maybe it's effective because it's a monetary thing. There could be Mechila involved, but Kedushin, there's no concept of Mechila. And Mela, you need the Allah to be taught in both scenarios. Now, let's move on to the, point, the 20th point. Marrying half of a woman. So Rava says like this. If a person said, uh, if he says that she's married to half of him, so the halacha is she's mikudeshes because what he means to say he can marry other people. But not if he says that half of her is married to him because she can't marry other people. The Gemara understands, unlike being makdish, part of an animal, where the hektish status spreads, that's because he's the sole owner and there's no other das that's preventing him from having that kedusha to spread. But here, she is a Das Acheres, and she only agreed to be half married to him, so it wouldn't spread. Similar to the case of two owners of an animal, where one owner is Makdash his half, then he purchases the other half. Rabbi Yochanan says, in such a scenario, even when he purchases it and sanctifies it, it's still unfit, and it needs to be sold and utilize the money to buy a carbon. The Gemara on Zayin and Bezna says, we derive three halachas from Rabbi Yochanan. We derive A, even though it's a live animal, it's still rejected. Unlike the Shito who says that it'll only be pushed off and rejected if it's already been slaughtered. B, we derive also since, even though it was invalid from the onset of the Kedusha, because from the onset of it being a carbon, it was already negated, it becomes negated permanently. And three, even though the, it's only Kedusha's done, because when he sanctifies his half, he can't be sanctifying Kedusha Saguf because he doesn't own it properly. Nonetheless, it's still rejected based on the faulty Kedusha status that he gave upon it. Elgamar asks a series of seven questions, four about marrying half of a woman, three about marrying with less than a pruto. So question number one, Rav opposes. What if he gives a woman, the same woman, he gives her half of a pruta, and he says, I'm marrying half of you with half a pruta, and then he gives her another half a pruta and says, I'm marrying the other half with half of a pruta. So is this an issue, like we said earlier, that you're marrying half of a woman, it's not effective, or does he mean for it to combine? Question number two, and these are built on each other. What if he says, I'm marrying half for a full pruta, and then he gives another half, and he says, I'm marrying, sorry, and then he gives her another pruta and says, I'm marrying the other half of you. Question number three. What if he gives her a pruta, and two prutas, and he says, I'm marrying half of you with a pruta today, and half of you uh, with the other pruta tomorrow. So does this combine, or is it an issue of being a Kaddish and Chatzayim? And the fourth question, what if he gives her a pruta, and he says, I'm marrying the two halves of you for, with a pruta? Gemara leaves these four questions off with teku. Now, three other questions which relate to marrying with less than a pruta, which the Gemara says is, what if there's two fathers, one represents his sons who are gedolim that appointed as 
appoint him as their shliach to marry them, them off, and the other represents his daughters or naras or ketanois, and one father gives the other father a pruta. So is it enough because there's one giver and receiver, or is it not enough because there's two couples? The Gemara leaves off with a teku. Rav Papa quotes this, uh, poses a sixth question. He says, what about if a person buys a daughter of another person, marries a daughter, and he buys a cow from the other person for a pruta? So do we say that he means to marry the girl and buy the cow for half and it's not effective or maybe he means to marry the girl for a pruta and the cow with Meshicha and the Gemara says Teku Ravashi says the seventh question which is a similar idea to the sixth of Rav Papa which is where he gives a pruta to another fellow and he says want to marry your daughter and purchase land so is it half and half and it wouldn't be effective because you're marrying for half of a pruta or does he mean to acquire the land through Chazaka and actually it is an effective marriage and the Gemara leaves this off with Teku as well Moving on to point number 22 now. There's two versions regarding the debate of Rabbah and Rav Yosef when you get married with silk. So Rabbah says in general, if you marry with silk, it does not need an evaluation. Rav Yosef says it would, and you wouldn't be married if there wasn't a prior evaluation to the Kedushin. There's two versions when this debate exists. First version says they would all agree if he said koldahu, meaning whatever it's worth, they'd be married because it's worth more than a pruta. Or if he said that it's worth 50 and it's not worth 50, it's for sure not going to be a kedushin. The debate would be if he said it's worth 50 and it is worth 50. Rav Yosef says it's not an effective kedushin because she's not so mechestas. She doesn't know how much it's really worth. She's not proficient in those pricings. And therefore, she's not reliant on it. And the kedushin wouldn't be effective unless it was evaluated prior to the kedushin. And the second version says the debate also exists by Koldahu because Rav Yosef holds a chidushin shita, which is Shavah Kesef is like Kesef, just as money in kedushin is a clear value. The item you're using as Shavah Kesef also has to have a clear valuation in order for it to be effective. Now turning to Chesem Aleph, the Gemara tells us a proof to Rabbi Yosef in his second version that Shavah Kesef has to have a clear valuation in order for it to be effective as, as Kesef. The Brisa, when it talks about buying an Evidivri, distinguishes between Kesef, which is an effective form of Kenyan, and Tevuah V'Kelem, which is not. So if Yosef says, what's the difference? It must be that Shavah Kesef, we're talking about Tevuah V'Kelem, is not effective because it doesn't have a set value. So that's why it's not effective. Unless it would have a set value, it wouldn't be effective. Robber refutes this and says it could be when it says in the Brisa it's not effective with Tevuah V'Kelem. It means Chalipin. Chalipin, you can't buy an Evidivri. You can only buy an Evidivri with Kesef. As it says, Kenyan Kesef, of Mignosai. Or, as the Gemara says, Rav Nachman holds, you can't do chalipa with produce, so it wouldn't fit into the words tevua. It can't be what it means in the Brisa. It would mean, actually, where you're using tevua v'kelem that's less than a shava pruta. Even though the hana is closer because you can benefit from the item immediately, you don't have to go use money to buy it, nonetheless, the Brisa would be saying, in the end of the day, it's not a shava pruta, so you can't purchase an Evid Ivri with that. Okay, so that proof was refuted. Now the Gemara tries to bring a proof to Rav Yosef's first version, it said, since she's not so meches das, even though he said it's worth 50, and it is worth 50, the condition is still not effective. So the Brisa regarding Pidgin Ben distinguishes between using an item like a calf or a talus, which is not effective for Pidgin Ben if he gives it the coin, and if he says the item is worth five silver coins where it is effective. So Rabbi Yosef interprets, what is it referring to? It's a set value. The reason it's effective is because he had it evaluated, it was a set value, thus... It's effective because the Kohen is so mechdas. However, Rabbi refutes this raya and says, really, it could be we're talking about an item that's objectively not worth five silver coins, which is why it's not effective in the ratio of the Brisa. However, in the Seifa, the Kohen accepted these items as if it was worth five silver coins, because to him it was worth five silver coins. As the Gemara brings examples, it used to be, 
only the hush of people used to wear head coverings. So for them, even if it was cheaper than five, it might be worth five because they need to wear it. Moving on now to the 23rd point. Rabbi Lezer tells us a Chiddush in Allah. He says, if a person married a woman and said, Iskad Shili, be married to me with a manu, which is a hundred dinar. Then he gave her one dinar. So the halacha is, she's married immediately. And the condition, what he was saying is not that that should be the kes of Kedushin, so it's only effective after he gives all hundred, but rather, it's just a tenai. It's an almanas. And almanas is kemeachshav, and therefore what ends up happening is the Kedushin is effective immediately, he just has to complete it, it'll be effective retroactively. The Gemara challenges Rabbi Eliezer from a brisa, and ultimately explains that the brisa in the Reisha can be understood not like Rabbi Eliezer, that it's really referring to where he said manastam, and in order for the Kedushin to be effective, he needs to actually complete the full hundred mon, the hundred dinar, and until he does that, it wouldn't be a full effective Kedushin. Or it could be like Rabbi Eliezer, that it was also talking about manazu in the Reisha, and that's why it's only effective at the end, but manastam wouldn't be. Or, as uh, the second answer the Gemara tells us is, it could be where you're counting it out, it's different, her intent is to receive all of it. But if she's not, he's not counting it out, she is agreeable to be married immediately, and the condition will be effective immediately, like Rabbi Yezer says. Gemara goes on to say that in the Bryce of Seifa, it said if you had a copper dinar, the condition wouldn't be effective when he said, uh, so the Gemara explains it's because she didn't realize it was either nighttime or between the other coins, and that's why it wouldn't be effective. Meaning, if she would accept it, it would be effective, just she didn't realize. In the case of Dinar Ra, where the Seifa said it would be effective, she just has to have it exchanged by him. That's where it's spendable with difficulty, means some places accept it and some places don't. That's why it would be effective, but you have to swap it out because it's still spendable only with difficulty. Moving now to Chesmud Beis. Rava says in the name of Nachman, Allah regarding Kiddushan with a Mashkon, and a related story. The Gemara tells us if a person said, marry me with a certain amount of money, and then he gave her a collateral guaranteeing the pledge of money that he had said. Since there's no money here, money ain't kan, mashkon ain't kan. That's not considered any money because she can't keep that. He wasn't giving it to her as a gift, and therefore that kedushin is not effective. However, in a scenario where he had a mashkon that belonged to someone else, meaning someone else owed him money, he took a mashkan from that person. In halacha, he's considered an owner, as it says, when he returns the pajamas at night, it's considered a tzedakah, because to some degree, that lender owns the mashkan. So if he marries her with that mashkan, he is giving her some hana, and the condition would actually be effective. The Gemara brings a story related, where the sons of Rafuna bar Avin wanted to purchase a slave woman. They didn't have money, so they gave a silver bar as a collateral until they'd pay the money. The price went up in Ravami Paskind that they have to pay the higher value because they never locked it in as the mashkon didn't create any binding reality of the Kenyan. <laughs> Moving on to the 25th point now. Where it tells us a series of her reactions to the offer of Kedushin and the resulting halachas. Let's go through them. He gives her Kedushin and she throws the money back to him or she destroys it in the sea or fire. Not Mikudesha, she's clearly rejecting it. She says, give it to my father, your father, or Plony, it wouldn't be effective because that's a rejection. But if she says on condition that they accept it, it would be effective, even Plony, because that's an acceptance. If she says, put it on a rock, that's a rejection. It's not effective, unless it's her rock. There she's accepting it. And the teku, we leave off with the teku, if it's theirs in partnership, is that an acceptance or is that a rejection? He offers her bread for Kiddush, and she says, give it to a dog. In such a case, it's not effective unless it's her dog, so he's doing her a benefit. And the Gemara leaves off with a teku if the dog is chasing her to bite her, and he says, will you marry me if I give it to you? And she says, give it to him. Is that considered an acceptance, or could she say, I do it to save my life, so therefore... Uh, it wasn't for Kiddushin purposes. And the final point we say over here is where 
She says, instead of giving me the bread, just give it to a pauper, an ani. So the Gemara Paskins, the Bryce of Paskins, in this case, even if it's an ani that she supports, it wouldn't be effective as he has an equal mitzvah to support that ani. She could say, it wasn't for Kedushin, you have just as much of a mitzvah to do the mitzvah of staka as me. Moving now to Tesumud Aleph in the 26th point. The Gemara tells us now, the, the series of uh, stories relating to a double agreement, a single agreement we'll see, and then the Psakim in the last four cases that we discussed. So the Gemara tells us four stories where a woman wanted a certain item from a man, uh, beads or wine or dates, and when she asked, he offered, but only for Kedushin purposes. She responds, give, give. So we say she means to just reject him, give it to me, but not for Kedushin. Gemara says if he, she only said a single response, just give, give alone, so then it would be a debate, but the psak is it wouldn't be Mikudeshis as well. Gemara now paskins back on the original cases we discussed. Halacha is like Rabbah, that in the case of Shiroi, the silk, it does not require an evaluation. She's married with this silk without an evaluation. Like Rabbi Lazar said, where he says, it's actually been money, and he gives her a dinar, it's effective immediately, and it's just to deny that he has to fulfill the rest of it. And Allah is like Rav Amar of Nachman that you could be you can't be married with a mashkon because mana ain't kan mashkon ain't kan. Moving on to the twenty seventh point, the Gemara now focuses more on star after we discussed kesef for the last couple dafin. Brisa tells us that if a man gives uh, another uh, father of a girl a star, even if it's less than a pruta, it's made out of cheres. It's effective because you're not marrying her with the kesef value of it. You're marrying her with the writing in it, and therefore it's effective. Gemara says three reasons why there's a fundamental difference between the shtar of a kedushin, where the husband's the buyer, yet he writes it and gives it to the father or the girl herself, who's like the seller, versus buying fields where the seller writes and gives it to the buyer. Either it's based on psukim, where it says umachar, when it comes to sales of fields, you see clearly it's the seller who's the main player, versus kiyikach, the husband who's the buyer, he's the main player. Or it's halach alamosh misinai, and these are just asmachtas, as the Gemara refutes those earlier psukim. Or by sales, the Pasuk also says, Vo'ekach, a sefer amikna. It says Yermia was the buyer. He purchased the field from Hanamel, who was the seller. So you see also a, a support to our original principle that you see the seller in the case of fields is the main player. He has to write it and give it versus Kiyikach by Kedushin. This point finishes off by distinguishing between if a father marries off his daughter when she's a Nara or a Kitana, so then it requires her father's Das, whether she's accepting it or he's accepting it. But if she's a Bogaris already, then it requires her Das, even if the father's accepting it as her Shliach, she has to be the one who's agreeable and willing in order for it to be effective. Moving on now to Tesimut Beis and the 28th point. Gemara says, associated with Allah of Shtar Kedushin, we have a similar law relating to Gittin, because we compare them, Lashma and Midaita. So Rish Lakish says, if a Kedusha star, a star for Kedushin was written, not for her, not Lashma, it was written for someone else, and then he decided to give it to her, it would be puzzle because it's Vyatsavahaisa compared to Gittin. And there it says, Vikasavla. There is a Machlaikis, if it was written Lashma, it was written for her, but not with her knowledge. And then afterwards he gave it to her. Rav and Ravina say it's acceptable. And Rav Papa explains the reason is because it's compared to divorce. Since divorce is Balkarcha, it has to be Lashma, but it could be Balkarcha. Here it doesn't require her Das either. And Rav Papa and Rav as Rav Papa explains, it would not be effective. Why? Because it's compared to divorce where you need the Das of the Makna, which in the case of divorce is the husband. Here the Makna, the one transferring herself to the husband, is the woman. In the case of Kedushin, you need her Das as 
as well. Moving on to the 29th point, the Gemara brings now a debate about the source for Kedushe Bia. Earlier we had Rebbe who said the source for Kedushe Bia is from Uva Allah. Rabbi Yochanan tells us it's from the Pasuk Be'ulas Baal. She becomes, he becomes her husband through Bia. And the Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan, I'm going to put this just in order of the, of the different opinions here. Rabbi Yochanan says, Be'ulas Baal actually teaches two halachas. It teaches Kedushe Bia, as I explained, and it also teaches that a husband makes her a Be'ula even if he has relations with her, not Kedarka, as opposed to others who don't make her into a Be'ula if they have relations, Shalok Kedarka. More on that soon. And Uva Allah, which is Rebbe's Pasuk for Kedushin, teaches an Amma isn't acquired with Bia, means only a woman, a wife is acquired with Bia, not an Amma Ha'ivriya. And also, as Rava explains, it also teaches, as Rava says, Barahina Asberli, he explained to me, only Kedushin that leads to Bia, only if it leads to Bia could it be effective, but if he gave Kedushin to one of a couple of sisters where it can't lead to Bia because it's a Suffolk Grisus, the Kedushin would not be effective. Now, Rebbe learns from Uva Allah three ideas. Kedushe Bia, as we said before. Also, Bia can't be effective for an Amaha Ivriya. And also, he derives from Uva Allah, like I said before in Rava, Barahina Asbarali, that Kedushin has to be leading to Bia, otherwise, it wouldn't be an effective Kedushin. Turning to Yodamad Aleph now. According to Rebbe, Ba'ulas Baal teaches only a husband makes her a Ba'ula Shalaikadarka, but not others, which the Gemara explains is only regarding Knas. Meaning, if multiple men had relations with a girl who was uh, single, they would have to pay knas, all of them, um, be- to her father, because she'd be considered a ba'ula if they all had relations shalok kedarka. But regarding misos, others, meaning only the first one, would make her into a ba'ula if he had relations shalok kedarka, he would get skila, and the rest of them would get chenek, based on the understanding that she's already considered a ba'ula. The Rabbanan used the word levado, based on levado, actually, meaning that the way we know that the rest of them get chenek is because Levado teaches us only the first one for Misos would get the punishment of a Besula um, as if she's a Besula still the rest of them it's looked at as if she's now a Beula and they would get chenek. The Rabbanan used the word Levado like Rabbi Yonasan. Rabbi Yonasan says even if the Boel is a Godol and she's a Katana he will be Chay of Misa if she's an Eishas Ish uh, Levado because it says Levado. Fine. Moving on to the 30th point now. The Gemara has a Shiloh regarding Kedushe Bia. Is Kedushe Bia accomplished? Is the Kedushin effective in the beginning of the Bia or at the end of the Bia? The Nafkamina would be if she accepts Kedushin from someone else after he had only done Ha'ara, the beginning of the Bia, or if a Kohen Gadol is allowed to perform Kedushe Bia altogether, because if it's only effective at the end, she's already a Be'ula, and a Kohen Gadol can't marry a Be'ula, and the Gemara answers that Kol Aboyal Daital Gemar Bia is Das is on the end of it, and therefore, Enochinami, if she accepted Kedushin from someone else after Ha'ara, the beginning of Bia, it wouldn't be effective, as well as a Kohen Gadol cannot do Kedushe Bia, he'd have to marry him with, with uh, Kesef or Shtar. A second question now, point 31. Can a does Bia accomplish Nisuin? Means Bia is certainly an act of intimacy that could show a relationship. We know it acts for Kedushin. Could it also act for Nisuin? And does it accomplish Nisuin? And also we'll show within this point reasons that Arusa cannot eat Truma. The Nafkamino in the Shiloh would be if it accomplishes Kedushin or Nisuin, are all the merits or responsibilities that fall in Nisuin. So Gemara tries to bring three Rayas to uh, support. Uh, either of these two tzadim. So, the first proof is a Mishnah in Ksuvis, where it says the schuyas that a father has, and then the additional ones, which are the fruits that a husband can have from his wife's properties. And the Mishnah seems to distinguish between Bia and the Reisha and Nisuin and the Seifa. 
<coughs> so it seems like Bia cannot accomplish Nisun, it's only Kedushin. However, the Gemara refutes this and says it could be when it speaks about Nisun and the Seifa in contrast to the Reisha, it's only falling back on Kesef and Shtar, but in Echanami, Bia of the Reisha itself is Nisun. Turning to Yudim and Beis, we have the second proof, which is a Mishnah in Sanhedrin, which talks about the laws of a three-year-old and one day where her Bia is considered Bia in all areas of Halacha. And also it implies a distinction where it distinguishes between Kedushin and the Reisha and then the Chuppah of a, of a Kohen in the Sefer where she eats Truma. However, the Gemara refutes this and says it could be it's saying where a Kohen did Bia for Chuppah, it would actually be like Nisuin and she'd be allowed to eat Truma, so therefore it's not a proof. The third proof is a Sefri, which is a debate between Yerchanim and Bagbag and Rabbi Yudah ben Becerra. So Yerchanim ben Bagbag sent a message to Rabbi Yudah ben Becerra that I heard about you, that you say an Arusa Bas Yisrael is allowed to eat Truma, when she's a Arusa to a Kohen. So Rabbi Yudah ben Becerra responded, based on a Kalvachomer, she should be allowed to meet the Arisa, telling rabbinically that she's not allowed to. So the Gemara says, the Kalvachomer that Yehuda ben Becerra finished off by saying, if Bia um, works with if Bia is effective to cause her to eat uh, Truma, even without Chuppah, the assumption is, it must be, if, if Rabbi Rabbi Maser is assuming that, it must be that Bia accomplishes Nisuin and not only Kedushin. So the Mara gives two refutations to this uh, point. You don't necessarily have a proof from Rabbi Rabbi Maser to show that... Um, to show that Bia can accomplish Nisuin, because there's a way you can learn the Kalvachimer otherwise, and the first one is Rav Nachum Bar Yezek. Nachum says, really it could be Bia only accomplishes Kedushin. But what, what uh, Rav Yudah Maser was saying was, where you have Bia with Chuppah and Kesef without Chuppah, you can still reinstate the Kalvachimer. And then the debate between Rav Yudah Maser, Yechem, and Bagbag is if Mida arises, she can eat Truma after Kedushin. Rav Yudah Maser holds she can. Rav Yechem, and Bagbag says she cannot because he doesn't hold of the Kalvachimer in the first place. The second way of refuting the assumption, the proof, is Ravina. And he says, really, all agree with Daraisa, she could eat Truma after Erisin. The only debate is that Rabbi Ben Becerra says the Kalvachimer should show us that there's no issue of Simpon. There's no issue. Maybe the husband will find some sort of a blemish invalidating the original Kedushin, and then she had eaten Truma during the interim as a Zara. Only an issue of Ula that she'll be sharing her Truma with her family during Erisin. Rabbi Yochanan ben Bagbag held that he doesn't hold the Kalvachimers. Actually, it's a simpon issue. And the Gemara explains there'll be three nafkaminas turning to Yudalaf and Mudalaf now if the issue is simpon, like Yochanan ben Bagbag says, or if it's an issue of Ulaf sharing, like, like Rabbi Yudah ben Maseris says. First nafkamina would be is if the husband, the Arus Kohen, said, I'm accepting whatever blemishes she has, I'm going to accept them, the condition will still be binding. So according to Yerichanim and Bagbag, there's no issue because it's only a simpon issue, and that's not going to be a problem here. So she could eat Truma. According to Rebutim and Becerra, there still is an issue because maybe she'll share with her family. And the second and third are similar ideas, which is where the hus- the father gave her over to the shluchim of the husband, so she left his house already, or the shluchim of the father went with the shluchim of the husband, and therefore she's out of the house. So now, there still is a simpon issue, but there's no issue of sharing, so according to Rabbi Yudab and Becerra, she should be allowed to eat truma. According to Yochim and Bagbag, she shouldn't be allowed to eat truma. Final point of the day, point 32. The Gemara tells us the opinion of Beishalai in the Mishnah was that a woman is Mekudeshes with Kesef where it's a dinar. 
There's four explanations as to why it specifically requires a dinar. Rabbi Zeir is the first answer. He explains that there's an assumption women are makbed on a dinar, but if she would accept less than that, Gemara explains, and she'd accept the pruta, Bisham would be maskim. It's only when we don't know, because she didn't specify, she sent a shliach, etc., there you'd have to accept a dinar, because that's generally what they are makbed on. Now, Rav Yosef's the second answer. He says it's based on the principle of Ravasi, who says that all kesef in the Torah is kesef tsuri, which is the higher evaluations of money, eight times kesef medina, and kedushin is something written in the Torah, and the cheapest coin there is silver, so therefore, and Rashi speaks out, even though ma is the cheapest silver coin in tsuri, nonetheless, once they removed it from a pruta, the Torah meant to make it into a dinar, or a significant coin, and whenever the rabbis made some sort of halacha regarding monies, it's kesef medina, which is an eighth of that value. So since the coinage of tsuri only includes silver coins, it excluded it from the pruta, which is copper, you put it onto a dinar, which is silver. Turning to Yeralef Mudbeis, Gemara asks four questions against Rav Yosef's understanding of Ravasi. Ultimately, it refutes uh, that it's not a good answer to explain Beis Shammai because we re-explain that what really Ravasi must have been saying is when it's Kesef Katsuv in the Torah, meaning it says a specific number and it says what coinage, like it says Shleishim Shkalim, for example. There it has to be Kesef Tsuri, where it doesn't say a specific thing, it doesn't have to be necessarily Kesef Tsuri, and that's why actually Ravasi could pass in like Beis Hillel, Kedushin, although it's said in the Torah it's not Katsuv, and that's why you could use a Pruta. And the Chiddush really is only the rabbinic element of it, which is rabbinic items are Kesef Medina. But that's not a good answer to support Beis Shammai. So Rav Yosef's answer is refuted. Moving on to the third answer, Rish Lakish says that since we know that it says Vehefta, the master has to assist in the redemption of an Amaha Ivriya, so in order to assist, it has to be that she's sold originally for more than a pruta. Because if she was originally sold for a pruta, you can't diminish less than a pruta. Therefore, she must have been sold for more than a pruta. And the Gemara says... Once, and I'm just skipping the step, we'll go and make it more logical. Once it's raised from a pruta, we established it on a dinar because that's the next significant coin. And there's a comparison between yud and kedushin, which is the next item in that pasuk. So since we know that the master can only buy her for a dinar, he can only do yud for a dinar. Yud is a form of kedushin. But mela, from this we derive, kedushin can only be done at a dinar and not a pruta. The fourth answer on Yud Bezimadalif now is Rava. He says that in order that Jewish girls are not treated like Hefker, the rabbis were makbid that they be married for a dinar and not the cheaper currency of a pruta. We're stopping here on the top of Yud Beis Amud Aleph. But Baruch Hashem, we finished the second installment of Chazar's Hadaf of the week. As Hashem will pick up next week with the next seven daf. Everybody have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. All the best.